Photo Mission Exposure, a podcast for photographers. Well, Cara, thanks for coming in this afternoon. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we want to learn a little bit about your photography journey. You're mm -hmm. kind of at the beginning of your photography journey. Mm -hmm. But I always take my guests back to the point when they first picked a camera up. So when did you first actually put your hands on a camera? Um, my first camera that I ever owned that I can recollect was, I was 11, so quite young. Uh, my mum uh, brought me a little plastic looking Kodak thing. It was black and white. I still have it somewhere in storage at mum's. And it was a film camera, of course, um, back in the early 90s to show my age. And I just, I, I loved photography. I fell in love with it. I'm sure my pictures were terrible, fingers, blurry, you name it. But I do remember at least every few weeks, I was like, mom, mom, can you go and develop this film for me? Which uh, is an expensive hobby for an 11 year old and back in the 90s. Yeah. So started at a very, very early age. Um, clearly it was just something that I think I was drawn to. I've, I've always been very visual and, and arty. So I loved photography and but also um, I think I just loved the aspect of capturing that memory I've always loved taking photographs of my friends so I was always that person at school that had the camera this is way before mobiles by the way this is <laughs> this is before mobiles and selfies like this was I'd always have my camera at school in my backpack and photograph friends yeah so it grew from primary school age right. and then yeah things took off when I was a teenager I guess yep and photography is one of those um, pursuits that usually finds you mm. and then once it kind of bites it's it bites pretty hard yeah it bites hard yes <laughs> for sure <laughs> so um at that point so you did you you were you know had the camera so you mm. took a lot of um i suppose you know really documentary style pictures of that's right stuff that was happening life around you at mm -hmm. the time that type of stuff um do you have actually have any of those images left or they kind of got lost in the uh, over time? No, I definitely still have them. Um, being that that friend at school that had their camera, um, I'm very sentimental. Yeah. So I've got photo albums and photo albums with real film printed photos <laughs> of yeah. all my friends growing up. Uh, my family and grandparents lived on a farm, so lots of lots of nature, lots of landscapes, lots of animals. So I have I have many of them still. And then I think. It was probably when I was about 19 that I converted to digital. Yep. So up until that point, so probably for that span of about eight or nine years, everything was film and I've got most of them still. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Have you started scanning them to digital files? Um, I have not. So mm, it's, I a good, it's a good thing to do. I <laughs> should. I absolutely should. So definitely being that they're in storage, I should probably have a look at them a little more frequently than I do. Well, they do deteriorate. That's the unfortunate thing. Yes. They're not kept you know, kind of, you know, the right humidity and temperatures and stuff, the, the, um, can, the emulsions start to break down. So Yeah, yeah, no, I'd hate to lose that. So I think I'm going to go home and check all my photographs. Yeah, and... it's worth scanning. It's, it's a bit of a painful process, mm. but, I mean, I've shot, um, I can't even tell you how many transparency slides that I shot. Um, and sim similar to you, mm. I had the camera from very early age, and I was, I was always the one that, wherever I was out with friends, I had camera and I was taking pictures. Mm. And, um, yeah, recently over the last few years, I've been starting to kind of archive those by scanning them. But, yeah, so it's a little bit of advice here. Oh, I've noted. Mental <laughs> note, go home and check my photos. Absolutely. And I think 
I think that's also why I'm drawn to photography, um, noting that I am quite the sentimental type of person, that it's the longevity of that memory. Um, and even when I come across things that I'm studying or looking through at the moment and you see photographs from the 70s or the 80s and I just think, gosh, like, wow, like, isn't that impressive? Um, you know, just being a girl here, but like, look at the fashion and all of that sort of documentary style um, or news um, style photography, I, I find it fascinating, but it also, to me, is very, a very sentimental thing. Yeah, I noticed that from looking through some of your Instagram feed and that, that you do like the, the vintage retro yes. pin-up type stuff as well. So, um, and I think, look, it's funny how all that stuff, someone just never goes out of fashion, does it? No, well, I mean, I'm definitely integrated in the vintage retro um, alternate lifestyle a lot, so I always frequent my classic car shows um, and there's there's surprisingly a huge community in, in Brisbane and the greater southeast of um, people that are into their rock and roll, their yep. vintage, their lifestyle. We look at the Cool and Gadda Festival, that's a massive. Yeah, Cooley Rocks On, Grease Fest, yeah. um, the Redland um, Hot Rod Festival. So definitely the, the um, yeah, the retro and the vintage lifestyle, which I've just, I've personally taken a liking to, but I just think it's really fun and I'm, I'm quite a bubbly and quirky person, so that that I really find myself sort of going towards also when I do my photography. Yeah. It's one of my personal pleasures. <laughs> and and those types of um, you know, subjects, they make fantastic photography subjects. Oh gosh. Lots yes. of colour. Yes. Oh the the ladies and gentlemen um, are amazing, absolute characters definitely. And you, as you say, lots of colour. Uh, and if I was to I guess describe what in my preference is as far as a photographic style, I definitely am like I like personality to pop out of the page so I love my colour I love people to have fun um, I, I don't think I could be on a shoot that was too serious because I'm probably likely to burst out laughing yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really like the vibrancy and those really fun energetic um, shoots for sure yeah yeah so yeah well that you know rock and roll lifestyle like you said and in Brisbane we're blessed there is a big community mm. out there um, and I've been to some of those you know festivals and, and they are that this is such such fun to go to i just i just really enjoy it and, and i think but the people that go there are generally really um happy yeah, yeah they just really get into it and embrace it they are there from my experience um going either to do photography to shoot events or just as a patron like the people there are really super immersed in their culture there and they're really proud they're really really proud to be to be there to show off um, either their cars because it's part of a car show or to show off their outfits uh, all the ladies that get up and do the pageantry work so I do a fair um, few photographs for quite a few um, ladies that do the pinup pageants yep. uh, the rock and rollers and this is um, I guess it's, it's a style that's not not barred by age because you've got um, you've got the rock and rollers from the 60s or from yes. the 50s. Um, yep. Then you've got the generations that have grown up with them or the people, um, I guess, like myself that have just come into it from a pure point of view of joy uh, because I love the music, I love the cars. So it's definitely not generational. It, it is open to everybody. And again, the personality popping under the page and the colours, that just it just gets me. I love them. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So you, um, where did your photography go after those, in those early years? Um, did you continue just shooting as you kind of were growing up or what? Yes, I think um, as a child, I don't think I could have said that I knew that I would be absolutely following photography as my passion when I was older. It was, it was certainly something that I really enjoyed, but I think 
as I got certainly towards my older teen years and definitely in my early, early 20s, I really discovered, you know, this is, this is just awesome. Like I just, I just love this. I, um, so I moved to Brisbane when I was 19 from the Sunshine Coast. Okay, so, yeah. Um, so so you are born and bred in the Sunshine Coast? or uh, Born out west, okay. uh, Toowoomba, but grew up on the Sunshine Coast, gorgeous Mooloola Bar. That's a, that's a big contrast there too. I'm yeah, well, to... unfortunately it wasn't by choice when you're three. I don't think you have much <laughs> of a choice where you move, but um, yeah, definitely. And then, uh, so I, I finished a school and whatnot and um, was just looking for the next step in myself as a, a young person growing up, so I decided to move to Brisbane. And um, when I moved to Brisbane, I, I'd already and always had loved my music scene, yep. um, going to music festivals with my parents. I was always a little kid up the front, dancing in the dirt at the stage. And I got into music and gigs quite heavily when I first moved to Brizzy and joined um, a national music forum called In The Mix. And from there, got into contributing photographs for a lot of their live shows, which yep. just, it, it opened up doors and it really, I did it because I loved it. And I also did it because I felt like I was growing as a photographer. So I photographed um, a lot of big events when they were still around. So Big Day Out, Future Music and those types of festivals. So I think being quite, quite a... I, I'm an introverted extrovert, which is, I know, the sort of the cliche. So I, I like my downtime, but when I have my camera I feel like I'm this confident person and I'm really really super social and I'll just go talk to complete strangers uh, which doing festival photography I think you absolutely need and also being a photographer um, you have to have that confidence to approach direct uh, depending what you're doing if you're doing a different type of style it may not be as necessary but definitely um, taking off in the music and the band scene is where it really instilled in me, I want to do this long term. Um, I couldn't wait till I could go out and take another gig. And by then, I think my friends just expected, oh, Cara, she's going to have her camera with her. So we're all set. And, and that's where it started. Yep. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head because as a photographer, you are directing. Mm. Um, and you do have to take charge because the yep. person who you're taking photos of quite often um, doesn't really know what where, mm. where to be or how to stand or whatever. So... Um, if you've got that bubbly, vibrant personality, that can kind of instantly put them put them at ease. I think it helps. Yeah, yeah. and um, so not to put a feather in my own cap, but I have been told by friends and, and by other people that have just met me multiple times that I am quite approachable, which is lovely, and it does help people feel that they can trust me. And I think with a photographer, that's huge. You definitely need to feel that trust, not weirded out. Yep. Um, and to completely respect as well, some people just don't like the photographs being taken. Some people just um, have either insecurities or privacy concerns and, and, and whatnot, and that's completely fine. Um, but definitely the culture today from the events that I mainly photograph, I'll just be walking along, maybe having a break even, and I've just got my camera out, and people are like, oh, my God, take my photo. So yeah. um, it's great, and, and definitely you have to be confident and approachable to get into that kind of photography. But I do it because I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do it for much else. I just purely love it, and that's my little side project. And then my, um, I guess, my my. Um, pleasures as far as working into more of a professional environment is 
doing the portraiture with the ladies that do pin up. Uh, but I've also done quite a number of weddings and um, I've also worked on a film set. Wow, that would be so, exciting. Yeah, it was. It was um, very fortunate uh, to actually have one of my best friends who's my mentor. Um, he's an Australian filmmaker. Yeah. So writer-director and um, his name's Stuart McBrightney. Yeah. And so what type of work has he done? So he, um, well, he's currently uh, working on his third feature film, but he's actually um, really established in the commercial advertising industry. So he's made something like over 500 different commercials, yep. um, including Nike, Honda, McDonald's. So really, really decent big names. Yep. Um, and he's a Brisbane lad. So yep. just through connections, um, we've started doing some work together and he's, he's really helped me with um, understanding the commercial side of business. So him himself being a, a videographer or a cinematographer, um, not so much the photography. And I, I now sort of have the pleasure of saying, well, I've taught him things yeah, <laughs> yeah. from the photography point of view, but he's definitely helped me um, to be exposed to TV sets, film sets, uh, learning directing off a, another director. Um, so, yeah, so I actually went to Europe Eastern Europe um, mid last year, and I'm off to Sydney next weekend yep. to to work on his feature. Excellent. That's so, that's, that's a. I mean, super they, exciting. Um, well, they are, and look, it they're great for learning because mm. you learn um, from people who've done stuff before, and and a couple of things you you talked about there is, I mean, um, photography is a bit is a people business, mm. so you have to be able to work with people, direct people, interact with people. Um, and the other thing, which is really important in photography, is networking. Is mm. to have is to be able to network with people, but also then have those people around you as a support mechanism. Because a lot of photographers, it's it's kind of a lonely process for a lot of time. You yeah, you spend lots of time editing photos and doing stuff. So you're not actually with people. You're in front of a computer screen. Yes, yes. I've spent many, many, many weekends locking myself away editing, which it, it is amusing. And I guess that's the, the introvert side of me where I'm the introvert extrovert, where yeah. I'll be out on a shoot and, you know, all, all happy and bubbly. And then I will literally lock myself in my my office for two to three days just saying don't talk to me I'm editing <laughs> in the dark with my computer screen <laughs> <laughs> working tapping away yeah I think that's where you know photography's changed a lot from the days of the dark room where mm. where yes there was still some stuff you could do in the dark room as post-production but yeah, today it, a lot of it is actually done on the computer after you've captured the images as it going through mm. tweaking the images cataloging the images working out because we you know digital you shoot so many more, more than you need mm. because you're just not quite sure which images are going to work mm. sometimes on the back the of the camera. Of <laughs> the joy of digital. Yes. Um, and that type of stuff. So the um, when you do kind of decide, you know, this is going to be your full-on career path, what, what was the tipping point for you? I think, so I established my business, I suppose, formally about, about two years ago and I guess I've worked in and currently work in a corporate environment um, and I have for the majority of my young adult years. Yep. And I just know that, that that's not the kind of cookie cut world for me. So because I am quite a, the outgoing person, but also because I feel like I'm quite a creative person, the corporate environment that I've generally worked in for the last 10 plus years it, it absolutely has its purpose, yep. um, and I've learned some brilliant skills, particularly around organisation program, program and project management and so forth. But 
I've always just had this, this, there's something else for me. There's something else for me out there. And uh, particularly, I think just reconnecting with a few friends, uh, reconnecting with um, my friend, the filmmaker, Stuart, um, after he went away for some years and moved back to Brisbane. It's just been that little, that little push, I think. And sometimes I think you just realise your career where you may have been for quite some time, it, it, isn't, it isn't you. Like we, we, should, we should not live to work. We should work to live, um, but hopefully doing something we enjoy. And for me, that's photography. And for a lot of people, that's, it, it, you know, once they find photography, mm. and quite often people talk about the, how photography actually makes them feel. Mm. And I think it, someone, once someone is a creative person, um, photography can fulfill that creative need because you can pick your camera up, you can start with a blank card in the camera, there's nothing mm. in there, and you can just go off and create and you can come back with a whole pile of images. Um, and the sky's the limit. It is, yeah. It's really, really satisfying. And so, so myself, I've got those little niches that I enjoy doing, but I've certainly tried a complete like plethora of ideas. And some I've been really bad at, and some I thought, oh, you know, that's 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 pretty good. I've I've got this. I've um, or or you know, like this this suits me for my personality or, or something or other. Um, myself personally, I don't tend to work in a studio, so I. I tend to do the open air, the natural light, um, which I just, I've fallen into, but I also really, really enjoy um, open air, natural light, maybe more doco social activities. Yep. And usually you can't fit a classic car in a studio. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of the um, mediums that I've chosen to photograph have been outside by necessity. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, that that opportunity to just do something and no two days need to be the same Um Sure, I might be in the office editing for 10 hours, but each photograph you look at it and it's a new slate and it's like, oh, how can we, how can we, you know, um, make this one really gorgeous and how can we edit that one? Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy the challenges and absolutely my fair share of, of stress. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think whenever I do go on a photo shoot, even though I've been doing it for a couple of years, I still get nervous. I still get nervous because I just want to do well. Yeah. I just want to absolutely nail it. And so I think it's good not to go in being too cocky and too confident because that's when you maybe are a bit blasé and maybe don't see things. Yes, Whereas yeah. I always go in and, again, my organiser nature from the corporate world, triple check everything, make sure I've got backups of everything and just go out there and don't take it for granted for a second. Yep. And, and that... It's, they're really good skills, so you're actually coming in for a really good skill set into the world of photography. Um, and I think that's um, what I've noticed with a lot of photographers is they, they've got the, the creative side of it down pat and they can, mm. they can do the images, but then you've got to, to do it as a business. There's so many other elements. Um, the, you know, the behind the camera bit is a small percentage of the, mm. of the actual time if you, you know, map it out type of thing, I think. That's where a lot of people are probably fail as photographers. Mm. They don't understand the business side of it as, mm. as good as they should. Mm. Yeah, and the personal contact is that's a big part of it. I I've personally dealt with photographers that I I wouldn't reach out to if I had to recommend someone to them because they've just not been a real people person, which is which is unfortunate. They may be brilliant, but I would prefer not to have clients refer to them if 
you know, I could refer to them to someone who would maybe give them that real extra with their yep. experience. Yep. And I think that happens quite often. There's quite a lot of, there's, there's a lot of really brilliant photographers out there, mm. um, but they don't always get the work. Mm. Um, someone who's probably not quite as competent or with the, the photography side of it, but a very organized and have a lot of people skills mm. get the jobs because they, you know, they may connect with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the, the business side of photography and particularly myself coming up through the ranks and still continually learning to this day, um, I, I'm on a lot of different uh, professional and social forums, a lot of photography groups. And the one thing that kept coming up again and again was for new photographers or those with less experience was the business. How, how, do they, how do they run their own business? If they're serious about wanting to go out on the weekends or quit their full-time job, um, come what may, they need to know, they need to understand finance. They need to understand um, insurance. They need to yeah. understand um, just dealing with clients and um, having that preparation of contracts. So I'm still learning a lot of it myself. I, I think I'm in a pretty good space, but it's taken a huge learning curve to get there and I don't think I would have classed myself as um, uh, you know professional until I had that behind me yeah because it is very important with with especially communicating with with customers that mm. it's very clear and precise what you what you're delivering mm. so there's no you know someone says I want you to come and take all these photos for me and they don't give you well you don't get good direction off them and you deliver the photos and they go, no, these are not what, mm. these are not what I wanted. These aren't what I wanted, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, that's, that's the trap a lot of people fall into. Never assume anything, you know, ask, triple check, ask again what the client actually wants. Mm. So make sure that you're actually delivering what they want. Mm. No, I couldn't agree more. And even if I've done, I've done a lot of styled shoots or um, model calls to, to help myself grow with a folio or to just to try something that I, I didn't have um, much experience with yet. Yep. And even if the style of the shoot is my own, I just tend to say, is there anything you'd like to try? We've got time. Is there anything you'd like to try? Or, or have you got ideas? Or did you want to bring props? This is usually in my, my lead up yep. um, to the conversation. And I know some photographers are for it and some aren't, but I always give people a little sneak peek of my the back of my camera because yep. I think they get people get so excited seeing what you've got, but it also reaffirms that they can trust you because they see that you haven't completely, hopefully, botched yep. the entire set. Um, but that's me sharing my excitement with them as well. And that look that works. We've had photographers on here and they've talked about how they tether their um, camera to an iPad. Mm. So basically, the as the shoot, basically like a headshot. Shoot, as it's going through, they can be showing some of those pictures to the client so the client can say, yeah, that's, the, yeah, that's, well, no, I need to be more serious or it helps them to, to understand what the final image is going to look like. Yeah, and I think as well, um, I've done a little bit of modelling on the other side of the camera, so I, I, I sort of uniquely come into photography having been on the client side, only only a little bit, but I as well would be like, oh my gosh, can I see what that looks like? like I've got a side, so I want yep. to be photographed from that side. And it's important to know that about anyone that you're photographing because the last thing you want if someone's particularly paying for your services is for them to hate it. Yep. Reputation is a big, big deal, even if you're a small fry like myself or like anyone else starting out, reputation is huge. Yep. So you need to please and you need to make sure that you're trying 
your darndest to make sure that everyone's on that journey with you. That's it. <laughs> it, it you know, it's, it's the challenge is always when you take a, you know, um, portrait mm. is that you try and create a picture that the person at the other end of the camera is going to love as much as you love taking it. Yeah. And that's always a challenge um, to do that. Um, you talked about you kind of done some shooting some stuff, I'm assuming like kind of trying to get out of your comfort zone. What's been the, the most challenging subject that you've shot? Um, <laughs> the joke of don't work with children's or pets. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely um, when I was growing my folio, I, I reached out to a number of friends who had uh, babies or toddlers to think, oh, this would be brilliant. Let's try a cake smash. Oh, okay. And I thought it was the most fun idea ever. And um, my one particular very, very dear friend, her little girl just was not having a bar of me or not having a bar of the shoot. I don't know if she was hungry or um, we actually, we had the cake smash set up in their backyard. Thought that was great. The dog got involved and got into the cake. (laughs) Um, We were not sure if little Bobba got, I don't know, maybe bitten by an ant, but she was screaming blue murder. Um, So that... Thankfully, it, my friend and I, we went, look, you know, this this is fine. But if that was actually a client, like I would have completely offered to redo the whole thing at a time that suits because you can't you can't help scenarios like that that just happen. Yes. Like human nature, life happens. The, the dog came in and ate the cake um, and the dog was fine, by the way. <laughs> um, so that, that was a challenge. Um, I wouldn't say that I've had personally too many other big challenges I've probably been quite fortunate um oh actually I did I did go to a photo shoot to help out my friend once and forgot my SD card so that was terrible and I've done that once in my life ever yeah so now that's where I I triple quadruple check (laughs) check everything so um I actually went out and brought another SD card yeah it's it's always handy I had to you can never have too many actually yes yeah and I don't know why I've got like five in my bag at any given time I don't know how I didn't check that that time but um yeah always triple check your gear well, there's a couple. There's a couple of the classic <laughs> things that people do. It, it's you've left the battery. You left the battery out of the camera, mm. and you didn't take a spare battery with you. The other, the other um, one that a lot of people turn up to a shoot with their tripod, go to attach the camera to the tripod, oh, and only, the shoe. only <laughs> realize, oh, I've got no way to connect it. Yeah. Oh. I remember <laughs> I, I went. I shoot. I've shot the supermoon many times, and I was doing a shoot down at Shawncliffe. Mm, and. Um, there was this girl there and she'd come down for camera and she had all the stuff set up and she said, I'm going to shoot and she's asking for some settings and those types of things. And then she, she went to put her lens on camera on the tripod and then she suddenly realised. Oh, no. So she was devastated. Yeah. Oh, and you just, you can't trust holding it on a, no, a log no. or and something. Was, you know, she just... had like a 400mm lens and it was just oh. never going to work trying to hold this thing still and oh, really need a tripod. So that was kind yeah. of sport the whole shoot for her. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. I mean, I think I've got something like five or six batteries as well. So I've probably yeah. overcompensated now. But it's about being prepared. And I think the worst thing ever would be to run out of battery and you've got zero backup and you're halfway through a shoot um, and particularly doing the all-day festivals that I often photograph you, you need your spares and I even change halfway through and I usually change my uh, memory card halfway through my shoot as well just to make sure if something suddenly happens, happens in, in the yep. next half an hour I've still got all my cards the, pre- the previous stuff that's yeah. right from the morning so I've, I've tried to pick up from learning from others from mentors or friends yep. or from just the community chatting 
these little tips. Yep. And definitely check your gear, change your gear if possible partway yep. through to pop it in the side and then have your next card. But yeah, oh, that poor girl about that that supermoon. I just I would cringe. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a little tip I do some photography lessons and stuff. One of the tips I teach people about, especially with cards, if you're swapping cards out on the fly, and I'll tell you a little story about about a card that I found. But I normally say to people, it's a good idea to get a piece of paper and put all your details on a piece of paper to keep in your camera bag. Mm-hmm. And when you put a new card in, just take a photograph of it. So the first image on the card is your details. Mm. So if you drop the card, um, oh, brilliant idea. Mm, very simple. Yeah. Right? Someone picks a card up, they might know, you might have it in the metadata there, you might name it, the average person mm. might know how to find all that. Um, anyways, what happens, I, we were over at Chermside Shopping Centre, my wife walked down, we're sitting down, and she's seen this SD card, and she goes, oh, that's an SD card, and I go, ah, someone's dropped it, and it was an extreme pro, so it was, you know, it wasn't an MDES card, it was, mm. you know, someone shot. So we thought, well, it's no good handing it into the shopping centre, I'll take it home, I'll put it in the computer, and we'll have a look, and hopefully we'll be able to identify the photographer mm-hmm. so i got it home put it in the computer going for the image and it was a it was a, a food shoot so this person had been shooting all this you know plated food which again is a pain to go and reshoot something like that mm. right um anyway fortunately he they took one picture outside this cafe and i could just see the name in that oh excellent so the next morning looked up the name of the restaurant i rang him and i said to him I know this is going to sound like a really strange question, but have you just recently had a photo shoot? And they go, oh, yeah, we had a photographer in here yesterday morning shooting up all this, you know, all stuff. menus. Like, and... Menus and all that type of stuff. And I said, oh, okay. I said, you wouldn't happen to know, know how to get in contact with him. And I was trying to be, I didn't want to say. He's Incognito. Lost, <laughs> he's, he's, lost, he's lost the card with your pictures on it. Mm. Um, I, you know, I just said, look, I've found something of his that I believe is his and, He'll probably want it back. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, look, you know, if I'll give you my number and mm-hmm. if you pass on to him and then he can ring me. Mm-hmm. So I think they um, they must have rang him straight away and then my phone's ringing like straight away. And this guy going, oh, how are you going? And I said, great. I said, I found a card. He goes, oh. He said, I've done this shoot. I went to Chermside to get a coffee. I was pulling the cards out and I was doing something. He said, I must have put it on the table and I bumped it off. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I said, well, I've got it. And, and, and as it turned out, it was so funny. As it turns out, I said, where are you? And he said, I'm actually at a, um, at the moment, I'm at a, at a coffee shop, which was actually the next suburb from where I was. I said, you're not going to believe this. I'm actually like probably literally two Ks from you. So he said, oh, well, come. I'm here. I'll get here and I'll shout you a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Saving grace. Oh, I bet. So yeah. I said to him, I said to him, look, um, I said, other than that one image, he said, you know what? He said, and he just, it was a new camera too. Mm. And he said, I just took that shot outside. I was just, well, testing his it was just testing the settings and stuff. And, and he said, I said, well, I gave you did because I said, none of the other shots I could recognize where it was really from because he hadn't taken mm. pictures of menus. It was all plated food and stuff and um, some general decor pictures. Mm. So a little bit of a tip for people that, yeah, wow. put, do something to help. If you do lose a card, you hope you never do. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go home and back up all my digital files, all my film files. I'm going to take a photograph of my name and phone number. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just something very, very easy to do. Yeah, oh no, that's an excellent tip, absolutely. I think that poor guy would have been mortified if he realised 
maybe he hadn't checked. Well, he it. was lucky that it was, you know, that that and actually he said he said I'm glad a photographer found it. Yeah. Because someone might just grab the card and not even think yeah, twice of it and just or... flick it in the bin. But oh I mean, I, I, knowing the price of those cards, mm. like it, you, it's, it's just not a you know everyday photographer's just going to have that and just left it behind. It's, yeah. And then, like I said, something happens, you know, and these things these things can happen. So, mm. and the other tip I tell people too is because I've been guilty of this, I've lost batteries. I have mold, so all my batteries now have my name and phone number on them. Mine's got stickers of robots. I'm not sure if that will identify <laughs> That them. might make it hard for people to, to, to track you down, but that's another worthwhile tip too if you've got yeah. multiple batteries. Is because especially at festivals, and I've shot yeah. festivals, and I know I've got, you've got, you're shoving stuff in your pockets yeah. and you're doing stuff, and, and I'm normally shooting with two bodies, and so you've got mm. gear going all over the place. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, thank you for the tips. <laughs> that's all right. So, um, you're you're about to embark on some study. I am. I am. I'm a, a little bit crazy as a, a mature student, although I am informed that mature at uni means you're above 21. Thank you. Yep. So um, I'm above 21. Um, so yes, I um, actually am studying with um, Queensland College of Arts um, at Griffith. Yep. So I, I'm actually doing a dual degree or a double degree um, with photography and business. Yes. So I'm really, really super excited. And I think coming in just that little bit older um, and having rediscovered, I suppose, my passion for photography, particularly in my, my early um, 20s, I'm in a much better position now to make that decision. But at the same time, I've been talking about this for the last 10 years. So I think all of my friends are just like, oh, God, Kara, go and just go do it. and. Yep. Um, it was a big decision, a big, big decision to decide to study. Um, like I work full time, I've got commitments, I've got yep. bills, all those sorts of things that that are normal for, for an adult. And I just thought no time's a good time. And, and someone said that to me, no time's a good time. Yep. So I thought, let's just bite the bullet and, and jump in there. So I, um, I went to the QCI Open Day last year in August and had a little look around their campus and... I just thought they were amazing. Like as a as a photography um, or a design and arts school, so they've got their film, their design, um, and, and a few other things going on there. I was really impressed that they said all of their teachers and all of their academics are known as pracademics. Yep. So they're all practicing academics, which is great because I think it's and you mentioned earlier the world's evolving at such a rapid pace that it's really super important to stay relevant with the um, with the technology, with the styles, even with things like uh, photographic marketing. So um, my major that I've chosen to do is commercial advertising. Yep. So I, I would have literally done every course and subject about photography was possible, but I just don't have enough electives. So um, rather than fine art or photo doco, I'm going down the commercial route. And um, yeah, I'm really, really excited. Um, but to one of my comments earlier, I'm doing the business degree as well, which I am doing because I'm really dedicated to making this a career. So to make it a proper profession. To make it a yeah, that's right. So I'm hoping to come out with all the whiz bang instructions and and knowledge above and beyond what I already have. And I've I've always been really. Um, really tenacious and a real go-getter with individual learning so I've I've had that drive to do it myself but I know there's things I clearly have no idea about and um, because I've not had much experience in a studio environment 
I'm really, really looking forward to getting into the studio and learning about all the correct lighting um, and just everything that goes with it. But with the business side, uh, I've watched hours of webinars online, which are brilliant, but going and actually doing a few subjects about economics and then about marketing and then um, there's business entrepreneurship yep. and um, uh, Instagram social marketing. I just, I'm ready to absorb it all. And it, it'll take me a few years, but I'm I'm going to get there. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> and look, I think I think you you're probably you're stepping into that at a at a pretty opportune time because mm. the world's changing, and so some of that stuff there is going to be kind of very useful to get your understanding on how it. Because you know we've had lots of photographers on this show who who when they started off the business world and how they got their photography was very different. And um, we had a photographer talk about once upon a time photographers actually um, performed. They it was like magic. <laughs> so you know they, they had these grand cameras and yeah. all these dials and wheels and stuff and then light meters and all the stuff and they mm. could actually put a bit of a show on. Mm. I think of like the old cloak over the camera. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So so these these days the perception of photography has been um, made. You know the advent of the you know the camera phone. Mm -hmm. People think, oh, photography's easy. You just pick it up and you push this, and ah. there's the picture. <laughs> but you know, in reality, it's not. But it's interesting that you talk about um, the area of photography. Um, you're going into the commercial area. Mm. That's there's a lot of pressure on some of the other areas. There's a lot of pressure on on you know the wedding and portrait type photography and and some of the other event type photography. The commercial arena is going to always be beckoning professionals. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's not going to be someone who goes to JB Hi-Fi and buys a, you know, a $500 DSLR camera and decide mm -hmm. to go out and start shooting, mm -hmm. you know, weddings mm -hmm. um, and undercutting people. Um, that kind of, it's good to get into, into a market where you know that there's going to be continuing work because mm. you're, you're putting the effort in to do the study. Yes, I, I hope there are dividends. Yeah. <laughs> I hope there's returns for my hex debt. <laughs> um, but that's actually how, how I thought of it, to be honest. Um, and like I was saying, if I had enough electives, if I wasn't doing the double degree with business, I could have double um, chosen to double major. So I would have done photo documentary or photojournalism um, and commercial advertising. But when, I, when it came down to it, I thought, well, I have to choose one. And you have to think where the work is and, and, yeah. and, and sometimes like it's great and people do love the idea of photojournalism jumping mm. on a plane and flying around the world. Uh, if National Geographic want to offer me a job, I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm open to it. And someone was, it's funny, we had someone talking about how um, few and far between the jobs are yeah. in that sector now mm. and it's because um, a lot of things have happened is that now with photojournalism that a lot of people are with their camera phone are snapping pictures and a picture editor maybe now using an image that someone on the street who was just witnessing the event mm. took on their phone. So the world's the world's changed. Yes, yes. So I've um, I've tried to embrace a few of the phone apps, um, but definitely the the commercial side of it. And I mean, just like the next person, I'm wowed by these billboards and um, just the gorgeous, gorgeous editorial photography. And, and I would really like to try my hand at that and um, with like QCA as well. So I, I probably asked more questions than any other student in their life, <laughs> <laughs> but they can write an FAQ from all my questions. Um, 
they said that they they try and um, encourage their internships. So they do an internship with a few different places. They said um, Getty Images is actually one of them. But they also do a, a photo study tour to New York. Yep. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so I'm really interested in in the campus and in, in the school, but also for what it can offer and, and the long-term goals. Yep. And I think those things are the, those things are the big um, picture things that open your eyes mm. to, to the world and, how we, and particularly in, in the commercial photography arena. And interesting, Brisbane has been a, you mentioned your friend there, um, you know, um, making all those um, films. Yeah. Brisbane has been an incredible breeding ground for very successful commercial photographers. That's good to hear. Hopefully yeah, there's so, room for one or two more. <laughs> well, well, I think there is, and I think it's kind of sometimes um, it's just interesting how some places do, I don't know, seem to produce a lot of mm. really high talent in a particular area. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the water. <laughs> it's in the water. <laughs> it's in the water. But I think that's kind of good. And like I said, you know, moving forward, looking at um, making a viable you know, career out of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, someone today does have to choose wisely mm-hmm. where, what they're doing, um, what they're studying, how they're going to get there and, and have a, an end goal of what, mm. they, what they're hoping to do. So is there a particular area in, in that kind of commercial area that would be your dream job? Um, well, other than National Geographic, which I'm going to have to park if I'm not doing the photo doco stuff, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Again, just just being a girl, but it's not limited to just ladies. Um, the the fashion world, so but but high end editorial, so magazine work. Yeah. So I um I myself for some years have done quite a lot of work with community magazines, doing feature articles and covers. Yeah. Um, they just you know get distributed in your mailbox. But I think looking at um, advertising, and we're all um, we're all beckoned to consumerism and and what's out there in the world and television as well and I think to get involved in um, fashion photography for for high-end work would definitely be something that I'm interested in but I think at the same time like I'm just I'm literally just about to start uni so I hope it inspires me and I never know like I've I've changed my mind and I've stuck to some genres that I've really enjoyed like the the pin-up fashion or um the like classic car photography or the events because of the bands and the music but there could be something else that inspires me next so we will see well i think in photography it's one of those things that you you should never say never Mm. because sometimes um you know you'll be surprised that sometimes the things that you haven't really got a fancy for anything oh yeah but someone says can you come and shoot this Mm -hmm. and you go and shoot it and um it was kind of one of those things where I shot at this festival and it was, I'd never been to a festival. So that was a big eye opener. Um, but I got there and I just loved it. Mm. You know, it was full on, but absolutely loved it and do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to shoot some high end fashion as well. Ah. I had a friend of mine who shoots and we had him on here and probably about podcast three or four. And, um, he invited me to come and shoot. Um, he does the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week stuff. Oh, gorgeous. Mm. Wow. So I went and shot at St. John's Cathedral in the city. Mm-hmm. Beautiful venue. Mm-hmm. Incredibly difficult light. Not a lot of light. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I didn't appreciate about fashion was the speed that you have to work at. 
you're working. Oh, they, yeah. It's like a road Sweating. history. They just they just don't stop coming. Yeah. Well, time is money. <laughs> well, that's so. it. And, and the thing about it is the whole thing is orchestrated to music, so it's all in sync. Mm-hmm. The models mm-hmm. are moving, so they're coming down at the end of the runway. They're stopping on their on their mark. Um, they're given a couple of very quick poses to the photographer pit, and then they're off. Yeah. So you've got this, you know, you've you've got to nail the shots, and there's no. I don't know if you're used to the word chimping. You know, looking at the back of the camera, there's no oh. time for the chimping. Oh, <laughs> chimping. That's a new one. I, I, mean, heard, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, look, it's a popular. Learning all sorts of things. Yeah, it's a popular thing because basically, yeah, it's like you know, you're chimping. Yes. So, <laughs> um, and you see photographers doing it, but once you get comfortable and you know your settings are right. You can just keep shooting because mm-hmm. it's one less thing you have to mm. worry about. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think um, going back to the, the band photography that I do, that I obviously must chimp a lot or chimping a lot. <laughs> um, but the, the same thing as well. I think you it takes a lot to be confident with your settings. But um, if I could give any tips to anyone that is interested in doing bands or festivals um, for the joy or like for, for a mixture of the, the challenge of the artistic challenge is definitely give yourself time to get to the stage check your lighting check your setup uh it's a little hard to check for movement for shutter speed and so forth until they're up there you don't know if you're going to necessarily have a um an, a star who's just in the middle at the microphone and doesn't move versus um like i photographed the red hot summer festival last weekend and jimmy Barnes for a gentleman in his 60s he is just he is like a kid on red cordial. He yep. doesn't stop. So you just have to go, go, go. But you have to definitely check your settings and the lightings um, because, yeah, you don't want to be chipping yep. too much and you also don't want to miss that shot. So with a lot of the festival photography, you get uh, it's typical to be in the media pit and it's three songs and you're out. Yep. The first three songs of the act and you're gone. So you need to accomplish what you're wanting to do or are there to do in honestly under 10 minutes. Yep. Um, and if you don't have a great telephoto lens, you you don't get that opportunity. And you, and you need a fast lens because you do. the lighting's usually, and that's usually the challenge in any type of um, venue like that. And the colour temperature of the lights too, like I mean, they're mm. using a lot of LED spotlights these days. Uh, and yeah, they've got lasers and all sorts of business, terrible, smoke machines. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you, just, you know, skin, forget about trying to get skin tones. No, and, and yeah, that is actually the bane of my existence. Sometimes there's there's photographs where you have that gorgeous backlighting of, you know, green or purple and a bit of smoke, but then as soon as it comes across the front of them in that split second, ruined. Yes. Ruined. Um, but yeah, with, with my gear that I use, and I, I take it to the festivals as well. So I have um, a Canon 5D Mark II. Yep. And uh, my workhorse is I've got the 24 to 70 L series, which yep. I, I, I love to pieces. Yeah. I love to pieces my 24 to 70, um, which is 2.8. Yes. And I also have the um, 50mm Prime 1.2 L series, which okay. yep. is like that's, I call that my portrait. Um, lens. Yep. So um, the 2.8 is so- sometimes borderline, not quite quick enough, not quite um, enough light. Yes. But with my 50mm, which is by far the more superior lens out of my kit, yes. it doesn't give me that flexibility of having the range of the 24 that's, to 70. And that's right. If having a prime is beautiful, and the 1.2 mm. is an absolute cracker of a lens, it's mm. a beautiful piece of glass. Um, you know, um, that yes, you are limited when you can't foot zoom. Yes, that's right. When you can't foot zoom, I, I've I've used that many times. I'm like, I'm just going to zoom with my feet, and then people go, "Oh, you're getting a bit close." I'm like, "No, it's okay." I said I can't zoom any other way. <laughs> yeah. But it is it the the um 
50 mil, yeah, it is gorgeous. So I often use the 50 mil for my, my pinup yeah. photography um, yeah. and, and items like that to get that gorgeous locker in the background. Yes. And look, the other lens you could really add to your kit and you'd love it. And I absolutely love my um, 70 to 200 2.8. That's on the wish list. That's on the wish list for <laughs> that is sure. another beautiful piece of glass. It, yes. it's, it's and quite often for shooting bands and stuff, mm. that's my go-to lens mm. because it gives you that extra reach. Yeah, it's no good when they're getting right up in front of you at 70. It's a bit... Yeah, it's, it's a bit much. <laughs> it's a bit much, but um, for the rest of the stuff because, you know, it's, it just works so well and... It's uh, only thing I, I, you know, you struggle carrying that all day because it's very, very it heavy. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I often window shop and I think it's like as big as my arm, that lens. Yeah. But yes, that, that's on the wish list. And I think also on the wish list is um, the, not for festivals or events, but just for general usage um, or portraiture is the 100 mil yes. uh, macro. So yes. um, that's on the wish list. There's two, there's two <laughs> types in that, the 100 mil is the, there's the non- um, stabilized and stabilized. Mm-hmm. Would you go for the L is the red ring one? That's the stabilized yeah. one. That's yeah, a very popular yeah. one. Yeah. I, I think I'd go for that. So yeah. the um, so I actually brought uh, my gear. So starting off um, as I guess sort of a student, or I some years ago had um, one of the Canon EOS Rebels. Yes. So the yeah. the you know mid range amateur sort of line ones, and then I actually brought my gear secondhand um, from my friend Stuart. Yep who um, it actually was his workhorse when he made a lot of his high-end commercials. And so from his point of view, the Canon 5D Mark II is brilliant for videography. It was a groundbreaking camera. Yeah. And TV shows like House, mm. Hawaii 5 a were originally shot on a Canon 5D Mark II. Yeah. Because yeah. It, was a, it was such a breakthrough mm-hmm. um, technology as far as video, giving this you know fairly small footprint with very, very high quality video. Yeah, well, he's actually um, got a TV airing at the moment on SBS called Back in the Soviet Block uh, TV show, and it was literally shot with the camera that I physically have now in my hand. That's a great little bit of and so, <laughs> tr- trivia there. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh my gosh, I need to I need to learn videography um, or cinematography as well. And I actually, I know that that's the really smart next step for me. So yep. once, I've, once I've not, after I've mastered um, the commercial works, but you know, a parallel alongside of it, um, definitely as I see also what people are asking for in the market, I know that they're asking, do you own a drone? Do yeah. you do videography? And I'm like, I wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's kind of like as the, the, the modern commercial mm. photographer now needs to have a lot of tools to be yeah. able to reach for because the clients are asking and look, video is one of those growing areas and platforms like Instagram. Mm. And if you've been a bit of an Instagram user for a few years, you notice that originally you could only post a 15 second video. Mm-hmm. And Instagram then started to change things. So now you can post a minute mm-hmm. as a general post. And now even if Instagram stories, even though they're 15 minutes, but you can post a minute and it'll just, it'll just automatically cut it for you. See, wow. and then they got IGTV, which is ten minutes. Wow, on Instagram. On Instagram, in that is it in there, uh-huh. and because they're trying to compete with YouTube in that area, mm. but they've realised that what um, what's happened in the you know the world is that people need that video engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so video is video is one of those areas now that, like I said, yeah, it's it's just such an important part mm-hmm. of commercial photographer, and obviously learning that and getting your teeth into it, and like I said, the um, the camera you currently got will shoot 
pretty good video as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, like just to know what it has accomplished. Um, and I know it's getting a little long in the tooth. It's about eight or nine years old, um, the model or the, the one that I physically own. But yeah, it's still, it's still brilliant. And um, I think going on these uh, activities where I can be mentored um, and take the opportunity actually to have someone who's really a cinematographer, have, has made shows, ads, films, to be shown how to use the camera, even though I will not be at that level, I'm not, not going to go out and make a feature film any day soon. Well, but, never say never. Well, ne- never. I said any day soon. So never, mm. never, never. But um, yeah, absolutely. I, I know just from reading the communities that I'm involved with, the, the forums of photography um, and, and learning about the different types of clients, even if they're not the ones that I have direct contact with, it's all about videography and drone footage and stills. So I think definitely if anyone else out there is listening that's just starting out and is just going, oh, just photography, there's niches and they will succeed. But I think a lot of social photography, if you're particularly doing work for personal business, weddings, um, I had a a, um, family just contact me and they just wanted a quick little one or two minute montage um, and I was thinking I could do PowerPoint with their photos. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think it's a real mix, but personal clients as well as commercial clients or real estate, I want videos. Yes. So yeah. I need to get in on that. And it's interesting, um, some of the stuff I do, I do um, get images, so I mm. contribute to their stock library. And um, video, you can make more money out of selling video than you can out of stilts, mm. which means that there's more demand for video these days so a lot of people who shoot the stock will also shoot video at the same time put it on the stock library because it's easy for you know obviously someone just needs a little mm. drop something into something they're doing and they want to be able to quickly do that yeah, yeah. Um, and I think in the past um, stock libraries pretty much just had still images mm. so it's, it's the world is changing so what do you what do you kind of think of the current situation like how much stuff do you do with social media um, I'm getting better with social media, so I um, I definitely should post far more regularly on Facebook and Instagram than I do. I, th- I think they say, um, or you know, recommend if you can at least have weekly. Yes. Weekly yeah. posts keep your presence in the media active. Yeah. Um, and you hear all these things about oh, the algorithms are so difficult. You're only going to see a certain little tiny yeah. pocket. But um, I do use Facebook ads quite a lot for little marketing campaigns that I do for um, my photography needs. Or if I've just done a really cool photo shoot, I'll just um, boost it with a a Facebook ad just to say, hey, look at my gallery. And then it might draw people in um, through the click funnels through through to my website. Um, With Instagram, it is great because I think the global reach of Instagram is just out of this world i find i find facebook and this is just personally to be far more specific yes when you target your ads um it, you do ask you are asked to put in demographical data you know people in your area male female ages and so forth but with instagram um it's all about the hashtags and you're just you're just out there so i do follow um like i don't know uh, 1500 maybe people on instagram from my business account yep um, a lot of that is um, other professional photographers or um, global creative agencies of different descriptions, a lot of travel pages. I'm, I'm sometimes daydreaming <laughs> more than working, but um, 
I think, yeah, Instagram is a brilliant presence and very important for creative uh, visual arts mediums. And I haven't yet personally looked at using Instagram for business um, as far as sales, but I, I know that the market's out there. Like I see it myself in, in my feeds every day. Yep. So is that those people that you follow um, if your inspiration to help inspire you? Look at what else people are doing? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just I love looking at all the pretty pictures. Who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah absolutely. There's a, um, there's a uh, Japanese photographer, um, Mika Narugawa, and her photographs, it's just, it's like looking at a bowl of candy. It is so eye-catching and so gorgeous and pretty, but she actually photographs um, like portraits. Yep. But they're they're all framed with these gorgeous flowers. Um, she does um, some commercial advertising for um, different products, like um, some sports waters and so forth. But yeah, I just I love looking at through it because it's usually just so colourful, and I'm like, oh my gosh you know scroll 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 um and there's uh another photograph uh, another photographer that i do follow um a gentleman i actually met in sydney a um black and white film photographer marcus anderson and um we met through connections so all yep. about networking yep. and um although his personal style of photography is not something i myself do as as far as the black and white film his photographs are just so super edgy. They're all street photography. Yes, yeah. So when I'm just like drawn into going like, oh my gosh, it's like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like I just love looking at them and trying to figure out like they're, they're really mysterious. So absolutely, um, definitely using Instagram for inspiration. Yep. And a lot of the time just to, you know, enjoy the senses that looking at that um, yep. provides. It sounds like you've got a really good... Um kind of attitude to, to dealing with social media because some for some photographers um, get kind of it depresses them or sucks them in because they're looking at the pictures thinking oh my pictures aren't getting all these likes and these people are getting all these likes and what am I doing wrong oh I, like I still wish that <laughs> everyone that liked you know the the 50,000 followers that Marcus has to my 500 they'll get there they'll maybe I'll bring a few of them over um, but look it's absolutely I, I give credit where credit's due and I will, you know, avidly follow someone if I just love what they do. And and it is sometimes a wake up call to look at another photographer's work and go, wow, like particularly if you are charging for particular work and you find out what their, you know, price model or whatnot yep. may be, and then you compare it to what you're wishing to charge or perhaps are charging it may be a reality check and that's that's just cold hard reality sometimes um and i think you do need to also market yourself reasonably against others yep um people hopefully aren't going to pay for something that lacks quality but um yeah definitely i love my instagram feed apart from it being half travel <laughs> <laughs> sites i do i do look for inspiration and apart from um the qca studies that i'm about to start i I'm halfway through a diploma in photography, so I'm, I'm going, to, going to overlap. Yep. Um, but my last subject was look for photographers that inspire you and try to replicate their works, yep. which was quite an interesting challenge because you couldn't necessarily Google, oh, okay, well, what steps did you take to create that? You just had to look at it and visualize what it was that they did yep. and then go out there. And so the... Um, the Mika Narugawa Japanese one I was like again looking at this candy bowl photograph which was just this lady with this floral 
arrangement around her and I'm like I just love that so much we're going to have to try replicate it so I haven't done it yet but th- that's my aim yeah <laughs> and, and it's interesting I've done a few workshops where mm. um and I did one with and I won't you know he's, he's quite a famous street photographer and I thought I'd really because I do a lot of street photography mm-hmm. myself and I, I love that you know trying to just capture stuff that you know those special moments and and I thought oh you know I need to kind of learn a bit more and I'm went to this workshop and then he uh, set a couple of challenges and he really wanted you to shoot the way he shoots. Mm. And I found it really difficult because I was not not enjoying trying to shoot these images because it's not how I shoot. Yeah. I've got yeah. a completely different process. So sometimes you've got to find your own your own way of doing things mm-hmm. because, Absolutely. because you're comfortable with that. And I think that's where people sometimes feel like they have to kind of I have to shoot this particular way or in this style because that's what that person does. And I think you do you do have to find your own style mm. and what you're comfortable with and then that becomes your brand. And it's interesting, I mean, the photographers that I follow, I'll look at a picture and sometimes before I even see the name of the photographer, I'll actually know who the photographer is. Because once you get from to their that... From style. From their style. Yeah. People get to that level where... It's like a signature in the photo that, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't think people deliberately do it, but it comes across that way once you start, I suppose, looking and enjoying it, looking at these photographs. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, I, you know, I don't follow a lot of people on Instagram because I tend to find, um, you know, there's some people I really enjoy looking at what they're doing and and seeing that type of stuff. And and I think we can all learn, and I think that's the beauty about social media is we can, we can look at some work from Japan. Previously, that would have been really difficult to see mm. that photographer's work. Yeah, oh, you know? the age of the internet and Google. That's it's, that's it's it. incredible. And it's only going to get it's only going to kind of you know get more with you know all the you know artificial intelligence and all the stuff and mm. Google Home and all this type of stuff. It's it's just getting more and more stuff being shared and and. Yeah, the world's kind of becoming a smaller and smaller place mm-hmm. all the time. Oh, it, it most definitely is. But yeah, I absolutely love like the just just searching the web or surfing the web for images for inspiration. Yeah. Because even sometimes if you're just feeling a little bit stagnant, and I'm sure that everyone's been there, and we I have as well that lacking that motivation. So maybe for me, it may not be. Um, as much as I guess feeling depressed that oh, I'm not at that level and how did they do this I literally am just ripping my hair out I think it's just sometimes motivation I, I've, I've heard a lot of photographers across the communities that I follow um, say I'm just I'm just done I need time off I'm burnt yep. out and, and we've we've had so many photographers on this that have taken a, a break from their yeah. photography and and that's why I wanted to talk to someone like yourself who's who really hasn't had you know, you, you're virtually just starting on your photography journey. Mm. You know, we've had photographers that have been shooting for 20 years and at some point they've just put the camera down mm. and had to walk away from photography for various different reasons. Um, and I think that's the challenge is that you, you kind of need to kind of realise that can happen and look at ways that you can, you know, mix it up and yeah. keep yourself fresh because, you know, you've got to keep that fire burning. Yeah, and I think, like, that the age-old saying, like, changes as good as a holiday and like there's even been moments and maybe it's a mixture of just study and <laughs> frustrations yep. um 
thankfully I've not had any terrible client experiences apart from my friend's child screaming. Yeah. But um, I, absolutely, I, I can I can see why it would happen. And particularly, it's a big toll on your personal life to spend so many hours out in the field and then so many hours editing. Uh, so depending on your balance, work-life balance, I, I can understand why people will say they get burnt out. And for, for whatever the reason may be, they just put their camera down. But hopefully there's always that passion and sometimes you just what is it you don't miss what you've got until it's gone so yeah. after maybe a little extended break then hopefully they find it again but i'm, I'm still very much the fire's burning strong yep. so and it's it's actually just building so. and one of, the, one of the things that a lot of um the photographers are really at the top of their tree i've talked about their um personal projects so these are things that they do purely selfishly for themselves mm -hmm. um that keeps them motivated and keeps them kind of enthusiastic about shooting because sometimes like I said you know the client says that you need to deliver this 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 and this mm -hmm. so you're kind of running around doing it so a lot of these people will actually keep these projects and sometimes they're a long-term project they're not a short-term project they're mm -hmm. something that they might set themselves a goal over this next year they're going to shoot something and put and it might they might print it and just put it up in their in their office or something and no one else ever sees it yeah but it's for them so it's kind of a good tip I think to for people to understand that Sometimes you just need to go and do be a little bit selfish and, and do something. So if you were just to decide um, tomorrow you're just going to not do anything, but you're just going to take some photographs for you, what would you head out and shoot, do you think? Probably flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I haven't dabbled much in macro photography, yeah. but seeing the works of some just incredible, incredible photographers it just blows my mind. Um, so flowers, but also like in macro detail, yep. not, not big bushy trees. Yep. Um, I, I've even though had some colleagues at work, um, one one of my old leaders I remembered said to me that, like cause I'd, I'd share little things that I was proud of at work, as you do when, when, you're, um, when you have an interest outside of the office. And my one of my old leaders said to me, you know, it's amazing, Cara, you see things in so much more detail than I would have ever noticed. Um, so I think there might've been, I had an old digi camera and it had a little macro function that was okay, but this was just a little Olympus yes. thing. Um, so just personally for me, I'd like to explore that further, um, you know, get right up in there amongst like the pollen buds and the bees and like get amongst there amongst the like blades of grass. I just, I find that macro world fascinating. And I know there's some pretty incredible um, like documentary television shows about it. And so I'm, I watch all of those. Yeah. So yeah, purely for myself. And I can imagine having uh, this big, long corridor of little photographed pieces of macro, just like, you know, flowers all down my hallway. And I'd, I'd walk along and just enjoy it, enjoy it every day. That's one thing you've kind of hit the nail on the head. Photographers actually notice detail that most mm. people walk by. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. how you can tell a photographer will pick up on something that someone else has walked past every day and no one's ever noticed it. And I think that's why photographers um, can take photos and they can craft the photos because they're always looking for them. I and I know when I'm out, I'm always looking for light. Mm. Where are the shadows? Where's the light? All those types of things. And you're kind of constantly scanning looking around it, just looking for that something different, and then you'll spot something, you'll see 
someone sitting in a restaurant and there's a bit of light behind it so you get yeah. this nice oh, room look at that backlighting the backlighting <laughs> room lighting around their hair and you think oh i'd love to take that photo <laughs> now if i can do it without them seeing <laughs> yes yeah, well actually see what the great thing about camera phones is you know everyone takes selfies mm. so you can be taking a selfie but they don't know which camera you're actually using the front or the back one a <laughs> <laughs> little bit creepy but yeah yeah, a bit creepy. yeah you know, I, I think I think that's it as well and and you know when my boss said that to me I was like oh yeah well that, that's nice that you think that and yeah. that I was sharing something with her at least or with other people that they didn't see every day so it was a nice little moment yep yeah so um I know that you're you're kind of you know you're kind of at this start of the thing but for anyone who's maybe sitting on the couch thinking about should I shouldn't I what would be your advice to um, someone who's thinking about embarking on getting more involved in doing photography, making it their profession. Yeah, look, just do it. <laughs> um, just try. Just honestly, just try. This was the same motto with me considering do I go to uni to study it professionally or not. Um, yes, there's. Uh, it's quite an expensive um, hobby if you're going to start as a hobby, but you can you can get equipment that's not necessarily expensive and just see if you enjoy it and find your style um, join a lot of um, community groups like photography clubs um, there's a heap of them on Facebook that do social outings like get immersed in a culture that's really supportive to have people give you kind but fair feedback yep. um, because I think unless you've got a lot of tickets on yourself everyone needs some feedback now and then to because you're not selling to yourself at the end of the day, you're selling to the members of the public or to businesses. Yep. So definitely, definitely join a few clubs, look on Facebook, look, look around um, your local city, go on photo walks. Um, and, you know, even if you've got um, some friends that are sort of interested, like propose that you'll head out and go for a bushwalk with your camera. So I, like I've done that and, and None of my other friends um, for quite some years were into photography, so I really was a lone soldier. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't have anyone to hang out with that wants to go take photos because they wish I'd just put my camera away. Well, so kind of, when you're out walking, you're stopping taking photos. Yeah, and, you're, and, you're and, interrupting their walk. walk. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go absolutely and find like-minded people and you can make some fantastic friends as well um, yeah. that will support you with your enthusiasm towards it and also through the... The tough times and the stress and the disappointments um, and yeah you learn a heck of a lot about different styles and all the different gear so as I say just just try just go out there don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect because it's a long long tough journey to understand the technical matters behind photography which I'm I'm still very very much learning and I'm a couple yep. of years in having started seriously dedicating myself to it um, so yeah, just you've got nothing to lose. Literally, you've got nothing to use lose without trying. That's it. So, Cara, so. if people wanted to look at some of your work, where would they find it? Uh, so my business name is Pixels and Spice Photography. And, and I do want to ask you about that. Was there any particular reasons behind that, or was this you like that combination of words? Um, I I was trying to think for months and months and months about a business name. Um. Originally, I just had my personal name and I just didn't like the sound of it at all <laughs> as a business. So Pixels and Spice. So I think um, I was trying combinations and if anyone's trying to think of their business name, make sure you Google and make sure you check the Australian Business Registry that someone else doesn't have that name 
biggest disappointment if you think of something amazingly cool and you figure out that a heap of other people have and, that And there's name. a great little tool on the ASIC website where you can just type in the name and just see yeah, what type of hits come the up. ABR. Yeah. So, um, so after going through many different combinations and um, like I, I'm an animal lover, so I was thinking of things with animal names and all this business. Um, and then it just, I sort of just had a moment and um, something like sugar and spice and all things nice yep. came to me. And I was like, well, I can't use that. And so I thought, well, what's something photography-related and pixels? Yes. So they went, okay, well, pixels and spice and all things nice. And so I just kept it to pixels and spice. Nice. Yeah, and because I, I'm, i I guess, marketing myself as like a Jill of all trades, there I do quite a um, variety of activities um, from, from weddings to events to product to film, but I do kind of have that quirky edge that I w- I'm perfectly happy to portray that in my business name yep. that if someone wants a creative person who's a little bit edgy or not just you know vanilla yes then maybe pixels and spice well, photography might be it exactly so and they can find you on Facebook under that as well or? Uh, yes so website Facebook Instagram excellent yes well Cara look thank you for coming and sharing your journey so far thank you and we'll look forward to seeing how you you know how it moves on into the future and wish you every success. Thank you very much, Stephen. No worries. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Exposure. If you liked the episode, please leave a comment. Also, you can follow us. Don't forget to tune into another episode soon. Thank you.